0: Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and today I'm joined by Lily Zalvadar. Hello! Ryan Altano. What's up? And none other than Jared Petty. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. I was. Re- oh, go ahead. I was right. going to say they put the bald
1: people on this side of the table. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah, absolutely. I like to, uh, yeah, keep it separate here. No. This doesn't look. If
2: there was one more of us, like people would call the police. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> There's this many bald guys all in a row? Yeah. But that's yeah, this a problem. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I, I've wanted to do this for a long time. I love this show. It it feels like home being here, right? Yeah. now. Yeah. So. And you're you're a big old school Nintendo fan, former IGN dude. Yeah. Yeah. That, this kind of my kind of my you jam. Know, you know uh, your ish. Yeah, and now I, I getting to be here and be a part of this cast and, and sit down with. I I, I just let, met Lily and Philip for the first time today. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's it feels just really rad to to walk back into the building and see so much energy and see people doing such spectacular work. I listen to the show every week. I love it and. Uh, so I, I kind of feel like that really like amped up fanboy that, that comes through the office You're just like oh man I get to meet Philip and I get to meet Lily and I get to meet. <laughs> it's, it's just a wonderful experience.
0: It's funny you say that because when I heard that you were going to be a guest on NBC, I was like holy crap Jared Petty's going to be a guest on NBC! I'm oh. super excited. Uh,
2: you set your expectations too low, my friend. <laughs> thank
0: you. <laughs> I I you know I've always been a fan of your work even oh. before I worked at IGN and while you were working at IGN, I followed your work so well. Thank Re- you. Very cool.
1: Really yeah. really really quick. I want to do this really. Quickly, because I've never, I don't think I've ever actually publicly thanked you on a show for this, but um, Uh, when the Nintendo Switch launched a year ago this week. Uh, I, like many others, got that email from the, from Amazon uh, saying, we hate you, and here's a JPEG of a middle finger. <laughs> and your oh, Switch nice. is not being delivered on the release date. And then the next morning, it didn't show up either. That entire day here at IGN was Christmas for many, and then just the worst for, for some. And people oh. were leaving with their Switches. Packages were coming. Shipments were coming. People were like, I got my Switch. And they were going home. And I went home that night And I got a notification from Amazon saying that my Switch might not arrive until, like, Monday. And I tweeted out, like, I I never, ever do this, but I took, like, the world's saddest photo of myself and tweeted it out. It was a sad photo. It was super sad. It was the kind of thing where it was just like, I was like, I don't know what I'm looking for here. I just, I I don't genuinely use social media for, like, compassion and stuff like that. It's usually just like, hey, look at this dumb thing I made. I'm embarrassed of it. Uh, Jared Petty uh, said... That
2: he had accidentally ordered a second Nintendo Switch. Well, I, how do I you think
3: accidentally ordered.
1: Well, was I was afraid accident? of this happening.
2: <laughs> yeah. So what I did was I I just kind of went out there and I think I ordered four of them yeah. from different places uh, to make sure that I got mine because I knew people would need them afterwards. So if yeah. I got spares, there'd be a easy situation. You give me way too much credit for this. All I did was sell you a spare Switch I had laying around. You I mean, have
1: no idea how happy you made me.
2: You drove all like, the way down to Redwood City. I drove all the way down. My Brought a bottle I of wine. Brought,
1: brought, I, I would have I brought, brought anything. I brought money too, of course. But yeah, I, I came down there. I I, I I took the switch off of your wife's hands that she had. And then I went home and basically just opened it up. And, and then I think I tweeted a, just a very happy picture of myself. I'm like, I got it. Yeah, it's here. I remember. It's like the happiest thing. So uh, yeah, I've been covering that system literally every day since. Um, that weekend would have been very hard for me. Um, in the grand scheme of things, that's the... First worldiest problem on earth, but thank you
2: for solving it. Well, it's a problem, but it's also a reminder. I mean, Nintendo is, they they frustrate us, they drive us crazy sometimes, but Nintendo has, in the overall arc of things, made most of our lives much better. Yeah. Uh, No matter what our age or or what our backgrounds, Nintendo's found ways to bring us joy. And that's a good reminder. I agree. I totally agree. So thank you for that.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's just jump right into the main topics today. We've got a lot to talk about, but one of the most exciting pieces of news has to be that new... Costumes have been discovered in Mario Odyssey thanks to data miners. So um, stuff like a baseball uniform, a conductor outfit, racing outfit, Santa outfit. Uh, there's even a Satella View suit. This the,
2: I was just ready to dive with A Satella View <laughs> outfit? I don't even know yeah. what that's going to look like. Wow. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's oh. exciting. I mean, there's no images for any of this stuff, so obviously we can't show you guys. But I can tell you that they are linked to a timed... Release that is connected to Nintendo servers, so we can't trigger them, or data miners or hackers won't be able to trigger them themselves. But, um, like I'd mentioned before, there's a Santa outfit, there's also a zombie outfit. I'm into mm-hmm. it, so I'm guessing that maybe Nintendo might stagger these costumes out. Uh, like, like
3: Halloween, and right? Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. the zombie
0: one fits perfect for Halloween. Zombies do
1: know. tend to stagger, they, they also they've <laughs> already released the skeleton costume, so I don't know if they'll just like
2: you know. Glue some flesh to it and send them out in the wild. Yeah. Oh, you could do that. Definitely. I, I the Satellaview thing really grabs me because yeah. that's you know the Satellaview games are lost to us. We we can't really experience them the way they were intended to be experienced. And and it's one of those things where we're like unless you have a time machine, you're never going to get to know what it was like. And and so I I just can't wait to see what this what this is.
1: Yeah, it makes me really happy when Nintendo acknowledges sort of the forgotten corners of their past like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like every now and then they'll be like, the Virtual Boy, we're not
2: hiding it. It exists. Yeah. And we well, remember it. And you're like, that's so cool. There were like three or four good Virtual Boy games. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I love Mario Clash. Red Alarm oh, look, that, rules. This, oh, Red Alarm's great. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We'll do this World for at
1: least the right? next 10 yeah. seconds.
2: Yeah. That Space Invaders game was pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, of course, Wario. Yeah. Mario Clash. Good time. I keep mm-hmm. looking Nestor's at the Rango bowling.
3: suit and just thinking about Rango, like the Nickelodeon movie. That's what I thought.
1: <laughs> that's what I, I thought just have that Mario was. Mario
3: and a giant lizard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like just a drunk Johnny Depp in a lizard costume. I'm into that.
2: I was wondering about this with these and I was talking with uh, philip about this before we started recording but how many of these are mario co- you know so many of the ones in odyssey are are from mario's past but like yeah. a zombie costume i don't think i've ever seen that it might be tucked away in the corner of no, some I, game i've forgotten i believe wario was a zombie
1: in one game okay that, that, was, that was, was like a power cool. up but oh. i think the most important thing about this is um this game is going to continue to get content that's yeah. the, that's right. the big that's the big thing here. Um, which data data miners will find, because that's what they do. They're-
0: at least in the form of content. Or, yeah. I mean, at least in the form of, I'm oh, sorry, costumes. Yeah. costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Data miners, yeah. those
2: are those guys that are looking for bitcoins, right?
1: Yeah, they're out there. They're okay. finding them. The data miners? <laughs> they're, getting okay. that, they're getting that money. All right. That's, <laughs> that's how that weird works. Weird fake money. Um, no, so this is cool. I, I hope that we get to see this game live and grow for a long time. This is the best-selling Switch game, correct? Yeah, yeah. So it feels like we're going to get more stuff. We just got the new balloon mode with Luigi, you know, mm-hmm. not getting like his own Which Odyssey. Which is fun, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's cool. I would have loved to see more Luigi in Mario Odyssey. Yeah, but it's, I agree. It's nice that we got a little taste of him.
2: Luigi's mansion. So. Do you think that Nintendo set, has... Man. Is it just year of <laughs> Luigi trauma? Like, you just... you know Now they just kind of cover their heads whenever the name's said for a while. And like, no, don't suggest more Luigi in anything. Yeah, we brought this up before.
1: That was a great celebration of Luigi. Also a fiscally disastrous year for Nintendo. So yeah. it's yeah. weird that those go hand in hand. I love Luigi. I always will. He's such a wonderful, stupid character. Like, he's, he's just like this scared, timid version of Mario that doesn't really get any of the reward that Mario gets. Except
2: in Smash Brothers where for some reason he's like a guy with a razor blade in his boot. Well, what about in Mario Kart we he's got the death stare? Yeah, yeah. well that's it. yeah like death stare. Yeah, sometimes he's got kind of a split personality though, right? Yeah, he's got some inner demons. What is it in Paper
3: Mario that like... Which one is it? I don't remember which one, but Luigi turns into like a nega Luigi, and then he like kind of gets evil. Yeah. Super and-
2: Super Paper Mario. Who, yes. Yeah. Who Luigi?
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. So then that's that's where I think all of his like inner demons come out. And I love, love that. Like, Luigi, this is how you ex- really feel. Ooh, boy, you're not yep. as timid as we think you are. I know. I know.
1: He's yeah. He's he's a good dude. He's out there. He's getting work done.
0: Finding those bitcoins. <laughs> finding those bitcoins. <laughs> Data well, mining. <laughs> well, in further news, um, it looks like Hal Laboratories. <laughs> Of all companies, has released a mobile game called Part Time UFO, mm-hmm. uh, which is incredible. I mean, I, I've been playing a bunch of this game over the last couple days, and it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's like four dollars on iOS. I believe it's the same price on Android. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty cool. Like. Uh, HAL Laboratories, of course, is responsible for Kirby, um, as well as some of the Smash Brothers series. Not all of them. Um, but, yeah. So, to me, this game feels like something that was lifted straight out of, like, Kirby's Dreamland, Like, assets of it or something. Um, the Claw experience itself, uh, particularly. I think it's really cool that they're mixing it up. Have you guys had a chance to play it at I literally,
1: all? You know, I, I, I literally just bought it. I was like, oh, my God, really? <laughs>
0: as I was talking? Yeah, I, I guess I
1: had. I've been busy this week, and I didn't catch this. And I was like, what? HAL has a new game on iOS? On it. Yep. Yeah. So
2: Philip and I were talking before the show, and he's like, "Hey, uh, there's this uh, there's this new Hal game." And I was like, "Oh!" So I ran out and I played it for a grand total of probably ten minutes. So yeah. I'm a real expert now. <laughs> I'm sold. It's it's delightful. Uh, you, just, it's, you just bought it too? Yeah, I bought it. I bought it seriously like half an hour ago. Are you a viral marketer? Uh, he's amazing. <laughs> but no, it's a Hal really? game, so I'm going to buy it. That's kind of yep. how it works with Hal I games to think- me. But it, it is it is just like it's the simplest premise. It works great on mobile. Uh, It really does. It's perfect for it. If you ever go to Japanese arcade, you know the UFO catchers? Yeah. So it's a literal UFO catcher. You're a little UFO and you have the catchy claw. Mm -hmm. And it's just about holding the button down for just the right amount of time and then timing stuff. You're playing under a timer. You're getting in-game currency that you use to unlock new levels in-game. You get bonuses for trying to do things in optimal order. It's simple, easily understandable, gets more complicated quickly. It's fun. I really does like it,
1: it. Does it have the sort of Smash brothers uh slash, and they did this too, Kirby's Air Ridey Subscreen where you're basically uh, kind of meta accomplishing a bunch of little things like knock 100 people off the thing
2: or grab a. You, you know what I'm talking it's, about? It's got little bonusy challenges in it, but it's not exactly the same as that. Okay. No. Uh, I love the art style. Uh, Philip, yes. you played more of it than any of us.
0: Yeah, have. yeah. The art style is really cool. I like the the puzzles in it in particular. Like, it does have that claw mechanic. I played this fishing game where you actually have to scoop up fish and then put them in a boat. But then there was also this other game where you had to build a structure. And you, there's not just one way to do it, there's multiple ways to build. Yeah. So it's actually really cool. Um, and obviously, the, the more perfect you build it, the higher score you get. So there's, you know, uh, incentive to come back and try to right. do better if you want to. And what's really cool, too, is you can, um, there's an option for two handed mode play and one-handed mode play. Mm-hmm. So you can just switch that on the fly as well. Um, and one thing worth noting, too, is that this game was actually initially released in Japan this past November. So it's this is the first time we're seeing it over here on this side of the world. Yes. And the
2: localization seems pretty good. I, I've had fun with it. It reminds me, uh, again, time for Jared to talk about Japan. But uh, w- when I lived over there, the video arcades... Uh, we're probably about 30, 40% UFO catchers. We, we call them claw machines every year, I think. And they're big and elaborate and they're full of great prizes. Can,
1: like, I, pri- can I ask you what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen in one? Oh my God. Because well, I might have an answer that's well, weirder.
2: Obviously, porn. Um, okay. I've definitely seen porn that. in them. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've seen porn, I've seen f- movies, I've seen cash, I've seen dolls, I've seen statuettes. And- I saw um, freeze dried lobster dinners. Oh, okay, yeah, there was a lot of food in them, yeah.
1: Yeah, So it's just like a full, like dried out lobster in a box, mm -hmm. and you're like, I'm really hungry, but I don't want to buy dinner because that guarantees that I have food. Yeah. What if I rolled the dice on dinner (laughs) and tried to pick it up with a claw?
2: And it is rolling the dice, but I would go to the arcades, I was never any good at it. I might get things every now and then, but there are people who do this all the time, Mm -hmm. and they have learned the skills, and arcade operators have to be really careful what they put in what machines and how to stack them, because there are people that are so good at this. Oh yeah, that that they can just re- fairly reliably pull nice prizes out of these machines. Wow, wow. And so there, there, you'd watch them sometimes just be like, and sometimes they're kids. They'll just be like, dut, 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 and you know, some fifty-dollar prize drops down in front of them. It's like. Well done, child. Well done. Uh, <laughs> you know. And I think this game kind of ties into that cultural aspect there. Uh, that's a very important part of just walking around any shopping center in Japan. Yep. But I think it will translate well here. I don't think you have to. to awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Sorry, I'm just thinking about claw, like instead of card counters, claw claw people.
2: Yeah. Oh. yeah. They don't like when you call them claw people. The, the claw people? Lobster, lobster <laughs> men. Lobster men. Yeah. I just keep going back to the the end of Toy Story three. I mean that's that's oh, the constant. Ah, that okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to play this game. Yeah.
3: yeah I try to find it. I'm gonna buy it after this.
0: Um. So apparently Nintendo added a review system to their website for Switch games, DS games, all their games. Um. And it was there for a total of five days before they decided to <laughs> take it down. So I'm not exactly sure why they took it down. they did release a statement saying that it's it was a trial period essentially they were experimenting with it and it's it's a temporary takedown so it mm. could potentially come back um, we don't know exactly when but um, what do you guys think about that? It's uh, so weird why? it's interesting I I Okay, I'll, I'll
1: put it this way. I'm actually, like, sort of disgruntled with, and this is on a Nintendo thing, but sort of the UI user review systems that are kind of coming and going across everything we use in general. Uh, Netflix, for the longest time, had a really good system of sort of, like, letting people know the quality of something. Yeah. And then they gutted it, and now it's more like, you're going to like this movie, and you're like, how do you know that? You don't know that. <laughs> and, um And so I I think there is a value to that. I like seeing that stuff. That said, these companies do control the stores and the storefronts and the digital interfaces that they have. So it is on them to sort of decide how much that information they want to give us. Uh, But I think for the average player, if they want to jump onto the eShop and buy a title, it's good service to know. What hundreds of other people thought about it, you know, and I think with um, Steam does a thing that's really good where basically you can't necessarily review it until you've spent a certain amount of time with with the title. And that's that's a good system to have. Uh, That's also the same way they work um, in sort of uh, letting you refund your money. Like if you've played X amount and you don't like it, you can say like, oh, I've only done less than two hours. This game's not for me. I want my money back. So I think like all those systems in place are good uh, consumer practices. It's kind of a bummer to see this go away because it feels like it's part of a bigger trend where user reviews in general are getting removed from a lot of places. That said, you look at user reviews on movies that they have to shut down Facebook groups and people are bombing (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes and you can see how these powers are being used for evil sometimes. So yeah, it's sort of a mixed bag, but I think there is a value to them somewhere in there.
3: Yeah, they might. I mean, they might be implementing, like, they might have tr- done it as a trial and then mm-hmm. they might have looked at what Steam is doing. Cause I think all of the things that Steam does would be a great, um, of great value for Nintendo to mm-hmm. like take a look at and implement on their systems. I think they're just concerned that people will just like bomb certain games and just say, this is absolute garbage, right? Or, um, when they haven't even played it. And they already have like the times, like, you can see what games you've played at what time or yeah. how many hours. Yeah. They have in. that info. Yeah. So, like, all of the things that Steam has, maybe they could use it in Nintendo and they just kind of maybe brought this out too early.
1: I'm, I'm totally with you. If you yeah. look at um, Metacritic and the way they handle user reviews, uh, people are able to basically bomb a uh, a movie before it comes out. Like, literally, mm-hmm. it's not even out yet. And with games, um, we don't really have that. Steam does a good job of it, but there was also an, like sort of an outlet that's been a, around for a while called Cinescore. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know about yeah. it? Yeah. And so they they effectively pull people on the way out of the theater, and they say, like, what would you think of it? And they write it down. So you have to have seen the movie or purchased a ticket or seen an advanced screening or something. There's a, a paper trail there, like a proof. Right. Um, and I think that that's not... Impossible to do with Nintendo, I mean if they are tracking your purchases, which I assume they are, uh, to be able to say like you bought Mario Odyssey, you're allowed to to say I like this game or I don't like this game. I yeah. mean. Yeah,
2: it could been It could even just have been a few days technical trial to to mm-hmm. get enough metrics so they can figure out. Hey, okay, we know we have these plans we want to implement, but we need to figure out how many people are hitting which parts of the site, how mm-hmm. we can drive them to what we know we want them to get to, so that they can leave useful feedback. But I want to piggyback for a second on something you said about oh, about four. the Netflix system, and this kind of applies overarching. I'm not just specifying this to Nintendo. One of the things to think about uh, when you're looking at how a company is trying to push something towards you is also when a large company maybe how things inside the company might be affecting what they're trying to get in front of you in the case of a place like Netflix. And the best illustration I've ever seen of this is by uh, the writer Douglas Adams who wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. In one of his books, Dirt still*, Holistic Detective Agency, there's a character who wrote a piece of project management software. And it was spectacularly successful. What the software is supposed to do is you put in a bunch of parameters and then it gives you the best solution. But the way the software actually works, even though it's pretending to do that, and the reason it's so successful in business, is because you tell it what you want it to tell you at the end. yeah. And then it justifies the path and shows how that's the best course. When it comes to things like, let's say, metrics and driving you towards something like the way Netflix does, there may be stakeholders in the company going, hey, this is my thing and it's important and we want to make sure this gets in front of people mm-hmm. and look we've got that because numbers especially internal numbers always easier to prove right and right. that's what you know when you get down to that performance review that's what shows that that you're the next step up you're the big innovator I don't think that there's as much of that maybe in Nintendo as there's going to be in, in some other sites that have already perfected the algorithms down to the point that they're maybe becoming detrimental. Right, um, right, right, But I do think that that actually I'm kind of happy they took it down because I think it means they're thinking about the way right. they're going to approach yep. this. That's, I hope that's so. not a Nintendo way. Of, Nintendo loves to tell you what you want, yeah. but they've never been subtle about it. <laughs> <laughs> they're better at telling you what you want than anybody. They're like, buy cardboard. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um. <laughs> sure, I want it. Uh, but they're not. So I actually regard this as kind of a good sign because of that.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was going to say, like, the, the interesting thing about this is that this, this is not like Nintendo's front end is not just Nintendo games. You know, it's third party games, too. So you get into this sort of. Um, The conversation becomes bigger than something that's self-serving for them. Like when I go on Amazon, one of the cool things about Amazon is that I can sort of um, track the parameters in which I want to define in which I search for something, right? If I go like, I want the most best or the best reviewed product for under $20 that will also be here tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I can do all that, right? If I want the most expensive thing that the most people hate that will take the longest to get here, I can also track that. It's insane, (laughs) but I can do it. Now, if I want, if I go on the eShop on Switch and I go like, I want the highest rated under $20 2D platforming game, I can't necessarily do that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So
3: yeah, you won't be able to find that maybe now, but
1: maybe, now. maybe in the future. Yeah. So yeah. that's the kind of I think that's a goal to strive toward, right? And uh, and then from there, then it sort of consolidates. It goes, well, if these are third parties or these are first parties. This doesn't really matter. It just puts them all on a grid and it goes, this is nine ninety nine, this is seven ninety nine, this is sixteen ninety nine. This one has fifty out of fifty five gold stars or whatever right. whatever the system is. I so, totally
0: yeah, I totally agree with you. I think they need that for mm-hmm. the eShop in particular um, and just to go off of what Jared was said uh, was saying as well um, I think that this is just Nintendo preparing for their online system yeah you know what I mean they're getting ready they're planting seeds they're thinking about it obviously they know that a review system is necessary um, and so it's just exciting to see them start implementing these ideas a little earlier than the actual online mm-hmm. comes out you yep. know what I mean so we won't we could potentially have a much smoother launch of the online system when it does happen and you know we do get a, a and a much more elaborate search system and a review system and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah, Would be great. Very cool. In further news, uh, so we talked a little bit about Payday on the show last week, Payday 2 for mm-hmm. Switch, but I did want to bring up some news because uh, Starbreeze Studios has gone on record and commented that saying saying that they're waiting for Nintendo to add Payday to uh, to their to the Nintendo mobile voice chat app. Right. So they've actually put in the request uh, with Nintendo, and I guess it's just sort of figuring out the in betweens and and sort of working with Nintendo to bring that game to a more I guess communicative aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm totally with you. But it, do
3: they want that? That's the thing, too. Have they talked to Splatoon 2 players about that and how we kind of just use Discord for that? Right. Have they? Have they? Because they should. <laughs>
0: um, well, you know, Discord works really well for for any game that you're playing with friends, but it doesn't work well if you're matchmaking into a payday game or something like right, that. Like right, With a bunch of random people. So you know, as much as it kind of sucks using the voice chat app um, right now on Nintendo Switch with Splatoon, uh, it would have been nice to have that support with Payday just because you know, for somebody who's been playing a lot of it, because I obviously, I did the review for it, um, it would have been nice to be able to communicate with random people, uh, to have that teamwork, because this is a game that just, it's built on teamwork. It's built on communication. The, you can play it single player, but the AI is so garbage in this Mm -hmm. game. They're Mm -hmm. just like the teammates. (laughs) The enemy AI can actually do a lot more than your teammates can do with like, um, picking up money bags and like, you know, Gathering the crowd and stuff like that whereas your teammates are really just there to revive you if you're playing single player So it's it's a little unfortunate. Um, and it's just it's such for such a heavily multiplayer based game I feel like this is something that Nintendo needed to sort of predict They needed to anticipate some you know games like this wanting to jump on the platform
1: Yeah, also this this problem is not going away for third parties in general right and the 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 switch is doing tremendously well Um, and I have a feeling that more companies will want to bring their games to it and More games in these modern days lean on this aspect of communication. And there's going to need to be a solution eventually that just works for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, totally. We hope. We've been saying for a while.
0: In
3: September.
2: Almost as if that was a predictable need.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We knew that going in. Um, Do any of you guys have an Amazon Alexa? I do. Yeah. Do you know? Have you heard about this? Pikachu thing that's apparently available dude. for Amazon Alexa. No. Done it. So you can now talk to Pikachu on your Amazon Alexa. Yeah, if you download it apparently is um, having
3: a great time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: apparently Alexa's voice turns into Pikachu's voice. I'm not sure how informative Pikachu can be with you, but like telling you about the weather and stuff. But Pikachu can say things like "Pika pika" and Pikachu back to you, which is Perf- yeah. which is fun. Top 2 quotes. Right. Um yeah, like, dude.
3: hey hey Alexa can you um buy me some like Tide Pods? Pika, pika. I th- I think that's a yes. Yeah, I, also you, <laughs> you
1: literally just like triggered like thousands of Alexas. Oh, because you know that's how that works, right? <laughs> oh no, no. Well, yeah, you're getting I Tide, Tide Pods. <laughs> I have one in my apartment, and it's super weird because we'll be like I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about. Another friend of mine who broke up with a girl who has that same name as her, and I was like, "Yeah, Alexa's kind of a, like she's kind of crappy for breaking up with my friend." And Alexa in my room was like, "What are you talking about? Why did you bring me
2: up? <laughs> uh, bring me out of this, I, I'm good friends with Alexa Ray Korea from Wikia, and I'm getting her one for Christmas this year. just to irritate her, I really can't wait. I think she and her boyfriend have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> Every day, being it's kind of like the Xbox off thing. You just want to stick it in the middle of videos, oh just gosh. to shout it. Remember, just yeah, to, just to tick people off. It was delightful. Yeah, but yeah, uh those things are creepy, and I'm terrified. And I, I don't want, I don't want no po- Pokemans inside my <laughs> inside my, my house that I didn't those bring Pokemans in. in there? Well, I love the Pokemans, but I want to be cute and snuggly and not robotic and true. predatory and invading my privacy. I think yeah. it's a great
1: idea as long as you can turn it off.
0: Yeah. yeah. If
2: it's just
1: if that's it forever then I'm I'm no. It's like a one and done. You can't yeah. go back once you go I Pikachu. Thought, I yeah. thought
3: it would just <laughs> be, go back. I thought it would just be on or like was it National Pokémon Day? Yeah. I thought it was just going to be then. Is it like forever now? I think it's forever. Yeah. Well, I think they just released
0: it on Pokémon Day and
3: I the only thing I remember about Pokémon ever was a uh, when they had the Google Maps and like Pokemon combined together, and you had to go searching for all 151 Pokemon. And if you did it like in 24 hours, you get like a Google business card that says oh, your official yeah. Pokemon trainer. Oh, yeah, I right. Yep.
0: right.
1: I remember that. That was like the, the prototype Pokemon Go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: It was many sleepless nights and many reddits.
1: Did
0: you do it? Yeah. You completed it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Mew
3: was the hardest one. Like at certain hours, he'd be in Brazil or he'd be in like different parts of the world and you had to like be there at the right time and zoom in and catch him.
1: That's still the case. You just have to fly to those places. <laughs> <laughs> Going that's, to like Brazil. A, that's what Andrew Goldfarb We have someone doing. here. Yeah, yeah, Andrew. It's yeah. pretty
0: insane. Awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you very much, Lily, oh, yeah, for joining for having- us. Thank you yeah, for this yeah. first segment. Um, yeah. yeah. And I will
3: magically turn into Pear.
0: Yes. Oh, wow. That's Pear incredible. Will be, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pear will be back with us for segment two <laughs> as we talk about the new releases for the week. Stick around. And welcome back for part two of Nintendo Voice Chat and as you can see we're here with Pear Schneider, Hello, back from the meeting rooms that he lives inside of, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and sorry don't mind them, don't mind these two guys, they're just playing the brand new Kirby Star Allies demo that just dropped on the eShop. just a few days ago, or just yesterday, actually. Wow. Um, on the European eShop specifically, mm-hmm. though, so let's keep that in mind. Yeah, I've mentioned uh. this
1: before. It's super easy to make an account for another region, and you should totally do that because cool stuff jumps on those platforms all the time. And it's there's perfect. Yeah.
4: I'm, uh, on the yeah. Japanese eShop, you'll find demos for games that will never come out here. Right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And then, yeah, obviously, this was on the European one. So I, I have an American, a Japanese, and a European account set up.
2: Yeah. What's a Japanese eShop game we should be trying? No, I, I
4: don't I don't have enough experience with, with some of the ones that haven't come out here yet.
2: I know
1: that the game uh, Kamiko came there before it That's came right. here. Yeah. Um, and I was Disgaea was playing, 5 came out
0: like yeah, four way before. Yeah, that, yeah. That,
1: that, that kind of stuff is crazy. A lot of times there's been games that get there first uh, yeah. that we don't have here for a it, while. Well,
2: with Disgaea, there's so much localization yeah. uh, that makes sense. There
1: are a
4: bunch of bad puzzle games, too.
1: Yeah. Um, you can <laughs> also
2: buy eShop
1: point cards for other regions on uh, websites like PlayAsia. Yeah, um, and they're it ends up costing like a dollar more, and they email you a code that you can then redeem immediately. So if you're sitting there and you're home by yourself, and you're like, I want to download a game from the Japanese shop, and you don't have a Japanese credit card, you can kind of get around it.
0: you Used yep. to be able to get them off Amazon really easily. Yeah, yeah I don't
1: but- know if they're still there. I haven't checked in a minute,
4: but
0: yeah. you get them like Target too. Japanese ones? Not oh, not Japanese ones. That's oh. right. Only only the
4: U.S. ones. Mm. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah, but-, <laughs> but it's been a long day, pair. Definitely, if you haven't made like
0: Japanese If you haven't made multiple eShop accounts for different regions, I highly recommend you do. There are obviously some different games on there, and some games come out a little bit earlier on the Japanese eShop sometimes. Um, but yeah, so that's Kirby. I mean, what do you guys think about the demo? Um, I uh, a very very
2: brief amount of play there, so I think Pear probably ought to talk about this. She's played it longer than I have.
4: Yeah, I played there. two two levels in it, uh, an easy and a hard uh, a hard level, but hard in Kirby means you can beat it on the first attempt. I mean, the the first stage uh, ends with a Wispy Woods fight like every mm. every Kirby game. What's up with uh, that tree? Inter- it's just it's a cantankerous <laughs> little apple tree. You know what it's, I think is happening with yeah. that tree? I think that tree drops
1: apples that feed all of the creatures in this game and Kirby wants the tree dead so they can starve and not fight him
2: anymore. I think it's a Tokinian horn, the uh, the Ent that uh, later grew into a shadowy heart and became more tree-ish. Oh my Let's God. not be too tasty. Um, Very good. Oh, well, tree beard. Yeah,
4: uh, no, I um, so I played a little bit, um, it's really fun. It's got a built-in four-player mode. You can try that out actually with the uh, with the demo as well. We just popped off the two Joy-Con. We're playing two-player together. Uh, the whole game is set up around the concept that Kirby can make friends. So like you toss hearts at people, <laughs> and then they join you. Uh, you can't do that with uh, with enemies. Enemies you can still take their powers, but you can have your friends join you, and then your friends can power you up. So if you've got like uh, you know Leo, who's this this flame uh, guy, he can power up your sword to be flame, which means then you. can't. Can set like um, like uh, bombs uh, on fire and they blow up and stuff.
2: Yeah, I, I cool. love the mainline Kirby games and I love just about any game Nintendo's done over the last few years where they, they have that wonderful four player drop in thing. Yes. It's, it's just a Like Kirby's such a good fit for it. I played uh, Canvas Cur- or not Canvas Curse, pardon me. Um, oh, Epic Yarn, yeah, uh, two player and and love playing through it that way, but. It, it's, it looks to me like it's going to be like Mario, but without the painful chaos that you sometimes got in and Mario Wii and Mario Wii U. Yeah, like that Kirby, thing where
1: you jump on Toad's head by accident and then you fall in lava 10 times. Yeah, and I, it pause this
2: for a second when somebody dies. And you like, I love that. And I love that. It's one of those <laughs> yeah. things that made that game great, truly great. But if you're not into the constant dying part of it or being mean to your friends part, Kirby's a much more forgiving game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think it's a really smart pairing. What yeah. they do what they do
4: really well, first of all, drop in, drop out. You can like stop playing anytime and join a friend and start again. Um there are there are times when you have to team up. You just saw it in the footage if you're watching this, um, where you know four care four players have to hang from these these pulley things or they have to stand on a platform to activate something. When you're playing alone, the AI is smart enough to do it for you. Also sometimes the teams get split up and mm-hmm. the other two characters will do something in order to open the path. Mm-hmm. But what's really cool is when they all combine to something. Like they'll we're playing the second level where they all combine into this wheel and yeah. they roll down the hill and you're both in control and you have to jump and stuff It was so much fun. Very, very charming. Uh this fun little game. It's also a really good looking game. It's you know, it's it doesn't run at 60. There was the mini freakout from fans because Kirby games usually are simple in graphics but very smooth. It runs at 30, but they do a lot more with particles. Mm-hmm. So Wispy Woods has all these like leaves on it, and they all move individually. Or when you blow something up, there's like 50 stars falling out at, uh, yeah. down at once. Yeah, thing.
2: frame rate's important, but it does look great. And mm-hmm. I, I, Nintendo doesn't get enough credit for the software engineering skill they have. They're generally working with less powerful hardware in terms of just raw horsepower under the hood, and yet they make these tremendously smooth, beautiful games. Consistent. They do a lot. Oh yeah. And, yeah. No, and, I and, still
1: maintain that the, um, Mario Kart 8 can go toe to toe in in the graphics and art department with any game from last gen. It's very pretty. Yeah. You you played
4: it a little bit too, right? Yeah, I did. I
0: I played it like a month ago, actually. Yeah, fancy. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't get a chance to play this demo's release on my own personal Switch, but I went and played it at a private event, and um, I love it. I mean, I'm generally not the biggest Kirby fan, but this is a fun Kirby game to play with like a group of friends, like Pear was saying. You know, it's really cool to just be able to have drop in, drop out connectivity like that.
1: I'm in the same boat with Kirby games, where there's like most of them, I'm just kind of like "Eh," about, but. There's the occasional one. That like I hundred mm-hmm. percent like it's either it's either just like sort of like oh this isn't really for me or this is one of my favorite games in a long time. So, so you, I think that's where this you like go. Robo right? I did. <laughs> I, like it. This I game loved it. The,
4: this game has the kind of like escalation of power where stuff gets more powerful and ridiculous. Yeah, that Robobot
1: has. Yeah, no, I love that, and I also you know I love Super Mario Odyssey. I love the 3D Mario games. I do miss that four-player chaotic co-op of mm-hmm. New Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers. Yeah, like that's one of the things you know for when we look back on the Wii U, I actually loved the fact that it launched with a four-player 2D side-scrolling Mario game. Yep. Um, and in lieu of that, getting one that of those- That game is
4: a lot better than people remember. I,
1: by I totally, the way. Agree. Yeah. totally agree.
2: Respected video game journalist Jerry McParish says Super Mario Brothers Wii U is the best Mario game. Mm-hmm. And his argument is very compelling. Uh, the, the fact that that game succeeds so well as a one-player game, but also succeeds equally well as a five-player game- yeah, how hard is that to do? Right, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, true. It, that's amazing. There's some good stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Super Mario World's better,
4: <laughs> and three. Oh yeah. Um, yeah well, <laughs> oh, I'm done. Sorry, and 64.
1: Oh, okay. All right. All <laughs> okay, right. that's it. I'm with you on 64, but let's let's go easy with some of the other. Ones. What, All can right. You say Mario 2 next. Super no. Mario Land one. No, Wario
2: Wood. No, knock their heads together. <laughs> knock their heads together. I think Philip wants to say something. Uh, Philip, what do you got, yeah, man? Take, take, take <laughs> the show back. Take I'm it back from us. Pass out over here, guys.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so with another surprise release uh, from us this week, or, or for us this week, excuse <laughs> me, Outlast came out of nowhere on Switch. Did anyone see that coming? No, I mean, so this
1: is what a cool surprise! Yeah, I love stuff like this. I, I, first of all, I love the whole business model of it's available right now. Like Mm -hmm. that's such a cool thing that that you can do now. and here's here's Malaco, which does not look at all like Outlast, but
4: um,
1: <laughs> very similar in premise. There is a there is a weird man, like half naked man, running around that game as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we little different
4: consequences yeah. for bumping into them, though. Yeah. No,
1: Outlast is really cool. I think it's um it's it's good to see. Uh, like a truly dedicated horror game on Switch that's really awesome. Um, I wasn't a fan of Don't Knock Twice, and then there was the one that um, Layers of Fear, which yeah. I actually like a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's growing on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this is a fantastic game. Um, this was a, sort of like a streaming darling for for a while there. Yeah. Like people,
2: everyone who played it because like, it's scary. It's really scary. It's funny yeah.
4: to watch people jump in this yep. game. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: well a horror games just kind of came back out of nowhere. They they seem to be you know Silent Hill. Sh- Memories, which is a beautiful game, a really mm-hmm. fascinating game, kind of got completely overlooked when it came out, and then you you had the online community around uh, Five Nights at Freddy's and and Slender Man and things like that, but. By and large, as a, as a mainstream experience on console in particular, it kind of went underground for a bit. Those games helped resurrect it. Now, suddenly, we've got this this new crop of marvelous yeah. horror games. I love that. I also love what you said about games just dropping out of nowhere. Yeah. I think it's Stapleton who said the way he'd like to see Half-Life 3 launches is it just shows up on Steam one day. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just unannounced. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. Yeah, be amazing. Right.
4: If we uh, ever get one, that's how it's going to
1: happen. Um, one of the cool things I didn't realize going into the Nintendo Switch, because it's not something I really identify, With previous Nintendo handhelds, is that this is an awesome immersive handheld system for horror games. I was playing Outlast in bed the other night with the lights off and (laughs) headphones in, and you just have like you'd have the screen two inches from your face, and it's genuinely scary because you are ice it's sort of like almost
4: almost like doing VR or something and that you're that close into it and everything else is scary. you know why this game works so well though on uh, in handheld mode is because most of the game is experienced through a camera viewfinder. yeah, yeah. and so it's like there's not this expectation that you're looking at reality it's yep. like you're constantly managing like battery like light uh, condition and everything mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um I think that just works really well with I agree this. yeah and it sort of masks the fact that this is not the Best-looking
1: game to be playing in 2018, but when you're playing through the, when you're playing the game like in night vision
4: with an old yep. HD camera and stuff like that, uh, it just works. It comes together. And you know, if you if if you're curious about what happens, right? We have a little footage of it here where you see kind of like the outside of the the house. Once you get in, you will find some really creepy things, mm-hmm. and you will always see stuff out of the corner of your eye. Yeah, and stuff will move, and stuff will kill you, and yep. it's really really creepy.
2: I I, I just the, I would break the mics if I shouted "Fatal Frame." As loudly as I want to right now, <laughs> like I, I, I just looking at the switch and then thinking about this, it's like, what ma- did Fatal Frame came to the Wii U? Wii U, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. No one yeah. and no one played it. Uh, oh. There were, it was not. It was Jared. It Jared was played not it. the most. The most lucid iteration of Fatal Four that, was that an eShop only title? Yeah, for yes, Wii U? In, uh, States, in certain I regions. Yeah, so. I,
1: I will go out and say that that was probably the least advertised Nintendo game of the last 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't have confidence in it, of course. Yeah, and it was a little late in the cycle in, at that point. But I would love to see that game get ported now. That feels like the kind of thing where nowadays. You know, in 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 terms of getting like a, a big ish title every month, that's a that's a perfect one to do in the next few months and just sort of put it out there or do it for Halloween or something.
2: Actually, like I don't want that one ported. I just want a new one. I think. It let's was, just yeah. let's just yeah, let's just have. We not frame. a fan of that one. You've moved. I on. think we I think we can do better with Fatal Frame. I think frame. Okay.
0: I think the Switch could use a, a nice fresh Fatal Frame. Like yeah. that would be really cool to see that, especially with like that cardboard Labo camera. <gasps> <attachment-proof>. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's,
1: that's really smart. Um, Jared what was wants it? What was was it? Silent Hill's Shattered Memories on Wii? Yeah, that was Wii. That's the one I was talking about I, earlier. I love that game. That
2: game's great. It's uh, really good. Nobody played it. it. It's It gives you a, it gives you a psychological examination yeah. before you start playing and then tailors the game to be scarier and, and more influenced by the things that you find disturbing. I and, love that. And it's not just the jump scares. It's like there'll be kind of the mood and thematic things here that kind of make you feel creepy we yep. think yep. and then you, you can't fight you just you can run away you got that flashlight yeah uh, it's it's really smart
1: cuz there's just horrifying monsters everywhere and it's uh, like non combative yeah like yep. yeah yep. really cool game i hope that that comes over i didn't know you like that game oh dude man i'm a treasure chest of weird old games like that i'm just like you that's why we get along i just there's weird stuff in my head <laughs> that's why we're bold yeah, that's what it is. That's I traded my hair in for memories of abandoned Wii games. For the
0: record, just in case you're wondering too, um, Outlast on Switch runs very well. It runs exceptionally. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's almost... Exactly like um, what we had on PS4 and Xbox One and PC. So definitely um, make sure you pick that up if you're a horror fan and you have a Switch. Yep, definitely it's the horror game to get on. And
1: did, did you mention this? The second one's coming in like a like right
0: March 29th. Yeah, it's like is that through, the day? Like, what, I believe 25
1: so. days, 26 days, whatever when, yeah. you're hearing this.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I actually haven't played Outlast too.
1: Oh yeah, I don't think I did either. I think I did a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Do yeah. you like it? I, yeah. More Outlast. Was it,
4: it's like seven. It's a it's, it's a good. seven yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's like good, seven. it's good but not great it's like yeah. seven <laughs> I yeah I talked about this before I'm kind of done running in games I just I want to be all powerful and kick ass and <laughs> oh like, I yeah and no you want like, like uh, Kirby yeah, yeah
2: that's that's Kirby I, right
1: I appreciate
4: yeah. outlast but I'm I don't want to stay in those houses very long
1: you don't want to you <laughs> want to slowly
4: <laughs> creep around and read dossiers I think I hit that point <laughs> when I was playing Resident <laughs> Evil Four and I was waiting for the elevator while being chased by a giant beast I'm
2: like no
4: no. I'd rather be like jumping on people's heads now. I will yeah.
1: install yeah. a trapdoor under your chair if you dare besmirch Resident Evil Four. It's a great game, but
4: like I, 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 frequently ask myself if this is my genre, and like uh, I, you know, I play a lot of uh, racers and adventure games and yep. platformers and stuff.
2: So. But you realize the comment you just made about Resident Evil Four is the reason we got Resident Evil Five. Uh,
4: mm. Again, yeah, you know, we,
2: we want power. We want to control. I like
4: that. I like that less. <laughs> so I'm incredibly inconsistent. <laughs>
0: Well, another slightly scary game, I guess you'd call it scary, yeah. that came out uh, this week is uh, Radiation Island on <laughs> Switch. I don't know if that's the game you thought I was going to bring up, but... <laughs> I,
1: okay, no, no, I, did, I didn't know where you were going to go. I'm like, well, all of these are kind of scary. Um, so I'm playing Radiation Island, uh, so... Quick history on this game. I first bought it for iOS a couple years ago. I found it to be unplayable with
0: touchscreen controls. Yeah, it's not good.
1: With then I saw game. it was coming. I'm a big fan of the sort of survival crafting type of games like here and there, Rust right? Style. Yeah, games, stuff yeah. like that. Um, this game is. Uh, I will flat out say not a good game. It is straight up janky. And the funny thing about this game is that it's. The, it reminded me of being a little kid where you didn't know you were playing a bad game until you started reading professional reviews. Yeah. So I jumped online and I started reading about this game and I was like, oh, everyone hates this game. I'm enjoying it. I think I put like 12 hours into this game over last weekend. So basically, you're this dude, you wake up on this island, I think you're doing in some test facility Philadelphia stuff. Philadelphia experiment. Yeah. Up, yeah. And so uh, radiation has struck the island and there are bears and angry zombie men Everywhere, and you have to build a house and you have to create items, and you get hungry. And if you get too close to certain things, you get radiated. Now, Mm. here's a cool thing about that the game is janky as hell. And there is a narrative excuse behind that in my own mind because I blamed everything on radiation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a point in this game where I climbed to the top of a mountain and got into a paraglider type of thing and I crashed into a tree so hard that when I landed, a bear was there and he started mauling me. And when I woke (laughs) up, all of the textures in the game... We're gone. Well, that's just because <laughs> that of the great. radiation. That's because because <laughs> eyes <laughs> got burned off. Yeah, so you know? I don't know if yeah. that's like a glitch in the game or if that was because oh, like- it's a feature. <laughs> yeah, it's a feature.
2: <laughs> you, you can see the radiation on
4: screen,
1: right? Yeah, I yeah, yeah, well, actually love we, we got a of flicker screen.
2: right here. Yeah. Is that our capture or is that- uh, No, no that's radiation. the radiation. This, yeah. game, this
1: game has hard, straight up hard crashed on me three times, but yeah. it always remembers where I was, which is cute
0: of it to do. It has, you know, I agree with everything you just said, but there is some slight- charms yeah, in this game yeah. yeah, you can play it in like this exploration mode um, if you're not into the whole survival thing mm-hmm. and just kind of see the island for what it is and that's really the way that I checked it out and I, I got to the top of uh, I think it's the highest mountain in the game Yeah, and there's like a hand glider there Yeah, just yeah. chilling there yeah. for you to it, experiment with. It
1: feels like a vaguely adult version of the game Lost in Blue which is
0: <laughs> there you go that's
1: why, that's why we're bald <laughs> deep cut deep cut which is like an old DS game, right?
2: What <laughs> why are you talking about? <laughs> or,
1: or Survival Kids or any of those old games, right? Oh, yeah. oh no, that's a good game. See, there we go, okay, there we Survival go. Kids,
4: great. I knew I had to there. That, you played it, right?
2: Yeah. Um, oh my god. You guys
4: are really digging deep in those uh, I know
2: bald, bald- we don't got You know yeah. you played survival kids. <laughs> yes, I yeah. did. Yeah. So
4: yeah. I think it this game
1: it's like three dollars on Steam, it's nine ninety nine in the eShop. It will get a price cut probably tomorrow. <laughs> uh and, and if you if you want a, if you might want a sort of crafty style game uh, a large-ish open world style game for Switch a game where you can uh, hunt bears or build guns uh um, glitch
4: through a bear or fall through the yeah. geometry
0: yeah. into yeah. the hell yep. if There's you that.
2: if you think it's rad <laughs> I got there we are that's not a good joke <laughs> that's a very bad joke
0: Um, another release this week that has <laughs> been making the rounds has is uh, Bridge Constructor Portal yeah. oh yeah. yeah that's out I like on that, that better Finally, yeah, I, I yep. played a little bit of it last night. Um, I think we have some footage going to pop up on the screen for those of mm-hmm. you watching the video podcast. Um, but it's
2: fun. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh. it's an okay. just portal. put Malaka back up. That'll work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's a fun, cool game. It's also available on iOS, PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah I so was, oh, go ahead. Did you, did you play it about? No, I was on. I was in Gamescast, uh, yesterday and. Um, our games daily and uh, Gary Witta was uh, talking about it. He's yeah. a fan of bridge constructor, oh, and good. he he sold me on it. Uh, just a kind of a cool physics simi action-y, arcade planning, oh, wait, this is going to work. Oh, it's totally not working. Yeah. It's not like an, video game Guy Fieri.
4: <laughs> no, <and> this <laughs> this game has a little bit more of a puzzle element. I mean, there's Poly Bridge is also on the Switch, also mm, another yep. bridge builder game where, you know, get from the left side to the right side, and it gets more and more complicated, and you have to build. Like in World of Goo, you have to do little cross-beam constructions to make sure nothing fails. In this game, they add, first of all, Snarky GLaDOS to the, um, to the mix, so yep. she'll make jokes. And just always say horrible things about their little tus- test subjects and uh, their demises, and blame you for it like mm-hmm. when when you kill the first test subject, she says something like a photo of you has been placed in the in the in the folder of the dead person for the family to see yeah. uh, like they there are lots of like real like really like nasty um little jokes in that game, but this game has portals, and it doesn't just have the orange and blue one. they actually introduce like portal pairs. They're saying, hey, for the purpose of this test facility, now we're switching portals and green leads to green and red leads to red and blue leads ah. to blue. So not the blue-orange setup from the beginning. Okay. It starts with that. So closer so, to what you
2: got in the in the co-op mode with the robots and portal two. Yeah. And right, so right. you
4: get these really complex screens um later on where it's like you have like seven different portal types, and like you your car comes from the left, drives through one portal, falls out of the comes out of the other one, falls to its doom, and then you have to kind of build these ramps and contra- contraptions to make sure the car makes it through. That's you, basically the premise.
2: You had me at like World of Goo, but this just sounds even better. Yeah. Uh,
4: the The only thing is that when we first played World of Goo, it felt really slick and smooth. And you can tell that this is a port, a Steam yeah. port. Yeah. And so it doesn't quite, like the cursor movement and everything is not say, as smooth. I was having issues with that. You can zoom in, though. Yeah. So you can zoom in and it's easier to snap to things. And then uh, uh, you can also use the touchscreen. Mm-hmm. So when you're zooming in and using touchscreen, it works pretty well.
1: I, I wish it worked straight up the way World of Goo does on, on Switch, because yeah. I think the touchscreen controls in that game are, are fantastic.
4: I, yeah, I haven't seen, yeah, that, that, that's true. Like, it doesn't run smoothly enough for that. Like, it's not like this game is choppy, right? No, like no, no, you're looking yeah. at one screen, and you're not moving uh, that much. But it, it it isn't as slick and smooth as World of Goo was.
1: Yeah, mm. right. um, I really hope this is, I, I don't know, I, I hope this is a gateway or a portal to bring the old portal games to Switch. Because they that oh, would be man. perfect for that. Your oh. joke was
2: way better than my joke. What was yours? The, the stupid rad, rad one. thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that. Port- you guys you got Portal a couple more, more left better. to go. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm sure we'll, we'll find still some hit. room left in these bald heads. Well, he's he's funnier than I am. That's just kind of how it's anyway. Cool. I love the Glados snark. I'm actually just as excited about that as I am the mechanic. I Portal is the funniest video game I've is, ever yeah. played. Mm-hmm. It has two characters, one of whom is silent. Yeah, and that leaves Glados making me laugh the entire time. So I'm, I just want to play a game where I can listen to her taunt me for three hours. She, that sounds great. Yeah, she
4: says horrible things. I will say this is a third party that made this game. So it's not like this is like your, your core portal team right, that worked on right. it. The writing isn't quite as good mm. as in Portal 1 and Portal 2, which have freaking amazing humor mm-hmm. um, and amazing puzzles. But it is, a, it is a really good bridge constructed game. I, I like it better than Polybridge. Bridge. So if you haven't played any of these puzzle games, it's definitely, um, it's definitely worth playing. Right. Cool. And I
0: would say that it, it maintains somewhat of the same charm that the Portal games do with GLaDOS and everything like that. Like it definitely gives you that vibe. It it's yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah, it
4: starts with a sequence where you're being you're a little paper cutout man, mm-hmm. you're being interviewed for your job. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the hand-drawn Person from the Portal games. Oh, cool! And like you're being interviewed for a job, and like if you answer the question uh, incorrectly, you're dropped to your death, basically incinerated. (laughs) Like the format until you get them all right, you constantly get. What's funny though too is
0: that it makes you think you're answering them correctly, and then it kills you. Yeah, (laughs) like you (laughs) literally they Probably go yeah. against
2: your own answers. Yeah. Oh, I thought that whole man. section
0: was like really charming. Yeah.
2: I love it's that snarky joking awesome. games. I had a friend in, in college that was really cantankerous and you could never make him happy. And a friend of mine made an RPG maker game about that guy. And it was just one long dialogue tree <laughs> that you were trying to get down. And any failure would instantly kill That's you. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. I loved that.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Well, every week we have a pick of the week on mm-hmm. NBC and my pick of the week this week, I didn't even Radiation ask Island. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I
1: agree with you on this one, so. Okay, okay. Yeah. I
0: apologize for not asking you, but, um, yeah. Radiation Island. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, no, it's actually Mulaka. Mulaka released this week on Nintendo Switch, I believe March 1st. Mm-hmm. So, um, this game is a very special game. It's a indie game developed by a very small studio in, Ch- from Chihuahua, Mexico. Um, and so there aren't a lot of Switch games that, obviously, are being developed in Mexico, or especially Chihuahua, Mexico, Um, but this team in particular, uh, this is sort of a passion project for this team because they worked very, very hard um, and alongside the Tara Mujara tribe of Northern Mexico, Chihuahua, Mexico, which is the native people of their land and they actually live alongside them. So it's really cool that they were able to sort of take a game or an idea for a game and um, work with them to preserve their culture, their myths, their legends, um, and convey it in... Honestly, in my opinion, our modern day best version or best way to tell a story. Yeah, so this is, I, I'm mesmerized by this guy trying to uh, align the puzzle. Yeah, this I, is this is one of the crazy puzzles in the game. Um, <laughs> you're gonna see a few of these as you play through. What I really like about this game in particular is that um, it's really reminiscent of like old school, like double A type style games, um, similar to like what you would find in uh, I don't know, like Jack and Dexter or something like that. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna
1: say, and I've, I've been playing a lot of this too. I really like it. I had I had a, you and I had a conversation when we we were early on in this game, we were both kind of like, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm a little lukewarm on it. And I played more and more and your character gets better and better. And the environments, uh, frankly, become more and more interesting. I think the tutorial area at the beginning is a, a bit a bit sort of spacious and a little bland. Yeah. And then it gets really interesting. The art style o- really opens up and become kind of becomes its own. Uh, the combat uh, and platforming feel a little bit floaty, but uh, at their best, I think there's kind of little shades of Beyond Good and Evil-ish kind of mm. stuff.
4: Yeah. That actually, that's a really good comparison. Yeah. That's mm. what it feels like. Like in the beginning, it's very, very linear, kind of like this. It the the tutorial kind of outstays as well. Yeah. It's welcome. It's like you here's how you do this thing. Now do that. And I'm like, well, mm. no, I got it. Do I really need to still do this? Right. Yeah. Um, um, but once once it opens up um, I, I think the style is definitely very unique yeah I think um, wh- I
1: think what Philip said is totally on point and said in that like this is the story kind of story that can only be told like through a video Metroid. game through this medium um, yeah. I, I think in, because of that the sort of UI is almost intentionally obtuse and li- like just looking at the footage now like you're like <laughs> what is, what does that mean like yeah. is that an emoji in the upper right corner? <laughs> there's all these words you've never heard before but that's I think, video games are about escapism they're about learning about things that you do didn't know about before and and visiting those worlds in a way that you couldn't through sort of like a book yep. or a film. So yeah. I think I this is a really special game. I'm really glad it's out. I saw that uh it's actually doing pretty well on the eShop charts. So
4: that's you know super cool to see a small team working on something. Yeah, a new new game too, right? Yeah. So it's nice to have a Switch game day and date like this, like to to come out. Yeah. Rather than being an, an, an established indie that gets ported mm-hmm. over. And you
2: say this is based on on a particular tribal Native American group of cultural stories. Right. That's fascinating. Who are known I, for the
4: detective Vision, as you saw I,
2: I, uh, but no really i i'm mm-hmm. fascinated by this it's um uh, that's an area of history I really enjoy, and mm-hmm. so this is this is must play for me. I'm really excited because yeah, I did not know what this was about. I had seen a little bit, but I didn't know the background at all. So I'm just thrilled.
0: And you can it, punch a pheasant. <laughs>
2: <Yep>. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, I, I actually got a
0: chance to interview the developers of this game, um, and I learned a lot about it too as I was playing it. And they they specifically told me everything in this game has a purpose um, because, like, the enemies, the items you find. The uh, plants that you have to harvest to create new items—they all have lore behind them that actually trails back to the Tara Mahara, which is what this uh, game or the tribe that this game is based off of. Oh, so cool. it, it's all rooted in their legends, and um, it, tell us. it just brings it to life. <laughs> uh, it's it's really cool seeing stuff like this um, come through, you know, yeah. especially in small companies. Um, in a, in, a, in the world today where we have like these giant AAA games coming out, a game like this can still shine and be appreciated uh, mm-hmm. for what it is and and the sort of cultural preservation that it's providing for these yeah, people. Yeah, I so. agree.
1: Also, you know, the, the combat's doing some really interesting stuff that feels kind of Zelda-esque at times, right. where you basically have to approach certain enemies with certain, situa- in certain ways. In the same way when you see the spiky enemies in Zelda and you're like, I gotta bust my shield mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. and hit them or flip flip them over or something like that. There's a lot of that at play here, too,
4: and when they start throwing combinations of those enemies at you, it actually gets pretty smart and chaotic. So, yeah, give this a look. So this is two very artsy games coming out in in the course of a month. Would you say this versus Faye? Which one would
0: you I thought you were talking about Radiation Island. Yeah, Yeah. Radiation Island (laughs) is very, very...
1: I mean, they do use a beautiful use of minimalism when they take all the textures away from the game by accident. So I think that Radiation (laughs) Island is probably the number one Switch game of all time.
0: It's a very hard question. I wasn't uh, um, I didn't review either of these games, and I didn't finish either of them yet, okay. but um, from what I've played so far, I lean towards Mulock. Okay. I
1: agree. Yeah, yeah I, I've, cool. I've played both probably about as much as you have, Philip, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of in the same boat. I like a lot of what Faye is doing, but I think that ultimately this feels like it just comes together a little bit better and right. clicks a little more. It feels slightly less obtuse while still being a little confusing. Yeah.
2: And full good. disclosure, I still own stock in Electronic Arts, so I'm not going to comment. <laughs> Sweet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's uh, switch over to question block now. And question block today comes from Michael D. Mike D. from the Beastie Boys? Mike D. from the Beastie Boys. All right. Probably not, but still. Probably not. Um, and Mike emailed us at our email, nbc at ign.com, just like you can as well, if you would like to send us questions for our question block. Mike asks, what would be the best IP for Nintendo to games as a service, for Nintendo to games as a service, <laughs> what would, uh, what would you do to that game to make it that way? In my opinion, I would pick Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So what he's asking me is like what Nintendo franchise would work best as a game, as a service or games as a right. service.
1: And so I guess to, to contextualize, what are, what are some games at the serve
0: games as a service games that you guys like? All right. Well, I like, I used to be a huge Destiny fan. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, massive Destiny fan. I used to be a massive um, Division fan as well. Oh, yeah, I played, I played a lot of the so, Division. So it's a game that keeps you playing for a long time through new content releases
4: and, like, quests that appear, yep. right? Like, at its most basic, it could be something like Overwatch, where new characters get introduced, or Splatoon, right? right? Where right. New, new things get unlocked, but the more involved ones have, like, actual quests and missions. So the first right. thing that pops
2: into my mind with this is uh, a Pokemon action MMO. Okay. Um, yes, I oh. think that that would be a great yeah. games as a service game. I mean, it done properly, and I think Nintendo would probably do it properly. Uh, that you know, you have all these characters you can roll out, all these scenarios you can build, all these matches at different gyms you can introduce, mm-hmm. new regions, all kinds of stuff you could do with with group quests together, rivalries. Imagine what you could set up with groups of players that that, right. that became rival gyms. I I think that's where I'd go first if I were Nintendo. That's
4: That's a a dream franchise to apply any MMO
0: stylings to, I feel like. You know what, though? It it doesn't necessarily have to be an MMO. Like, what I would like is something like Destiny, where it's like shared world, but in the world of Pokemon. That's why I said action MMO.
2: I think, yeah, Mm -hmm. making it accessible enough that you could play it on the Switch easily and not have run into communications barriers, something that, frankly, a kid could play yep. and and do pretty well with, but an adult could also have enough depth to enjoy. So I think it would be more action-oriented, uh, oh, but yeah. still be multi- massive.
4: I have one very different. I, I was lucky enough to experience a little bit of BS Zelda. I was going to
0: bring <gasps> that up. In, in Japan, wish, right? Yes. When
4: it was out on the Satellaview, uh, yeah. it was this, this uh, add-on to the Super uh, Famicom, the Super NES.
2: Strangely, this is the second time this episode Satellaview has come up. It oh, was in great. the first yeah, segment yeah. as well.
4: Awesome. But BS but B- B- <laughs> Zelda, the concept is that their quests and in that in that case there was narration with it and challenges and stuff like that but how cool would a a Legend of Zelda 2D game, like Link to the Past style or Link Between Worlds style visuals, where new content gets released every week, and you have a new quest you have to embark on, mm-hmm. and you could even give it the Four Swords treatment, w- where people work together and, and play together. to de- This is why, why the I love it. That, yeah. yeah. that is my exact. That's it right there. I was e literally going to
1: say, L- mm-hmm. yeah, I was going yeah, to say, I was going to say, I want a Four Swords <laughs> style BS Zelda style. I, so I did a um, a Let's Play of the Satella View BS Zelda game with Frank Scaffaldi from the video game. History Museum last year here on IGN. We published it. It's amazing because it is the top down Legend of Zelda for NES, but things are remixed and things are weird. And every now and then this God voice comes out and he's like, you must find five bombs. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, who's talking to me? And yep. then you go out in the world and you find them. And then eventually the game ends, uh, but mixing in the multiplayer of Four Swords, maybe even putting it in the
2: Breath of the Wild engine. Actually, what, what I'd go for here, I'm going to take nice. your thing, but I'm going to go a little bit, everything you're saying, kay. except maybe not, oh, I love Breath of the Wild engine, but what if we just went ahead and made this what Zelda Maker becomes? Yeah. So it's Zelda uh, but yeah. Maker, but all your dungeons that you make with your friends can link together you each build sections, but then they hook together. There are natural hooks, so you're playing through each other, and then the worlds, and then every week Nintendo's introducing new items, new content, new dungeons, new challenges, love that. and you've still got all the maker stuff, and that's how you keep, because Zelda, unlike Mario Maker where it's about individual levels, and Zelda's dungeons, you're gonna need a hook that's a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And I think that ability to combine worlds and get new content every week would be a really good match
4: And it's that. that's a little bit like D&D, where like the... the you You know, one person knows the quest. And it's kind of like the the all-knowing God, and the others are competing. Like you mm-hmm. could do that, where like, oh, now we're playing my part of the dungeon, and no. like I know where the traps are, but you guys don't. Like, yeah. Yeah. it could be really yeah. really cool. Yeah, or you I could agree. design
2: it in such a way that there's certain generic ep- exits that are algorithmically connected to somebody you've never met's dungeon, mm-hmm. and the four of you are playing through together, and you just keep going through the world's different challenge dungeons. And I'll buy that. Yeah, I'll
4: buy that right now, Jared. Uh, I agree. I'll yeah. I'll pay uh, I'll pay money every month to stay on that plan.
2: That I sounds amazing. Right. I'm not Crazy about a lot of games as a service, but I would play that. All right. Yeah, I think a lot of people would. I'd play it too. Mm -hmm. All right.
0: Well, that's our show this week. Thank you all so much for watching, listening. We're a weekly show on IGN.com, but you can also find us on YouTube and any of your favorite podcasting services. So definitely make sure you're subscribed if you aren't already. Pear, what are you working on this week? Anything fun going on? Oh, it's
4: just planning we actually have a um a, a new uh leader joining our games editorial team um Tina Amini who used to be at uh, mashable she used to be at Kotaku before so I'm excited to just kind of dig in for the next couple of days and and kind of show her everything that's going on at ID. sure yes yeah. nice. it'll be awesome yeah, Tina's awesome yep yeah. Ryan, you got anything going on?
1: Uh, yeah, we put up a new episode of Beyond, um, where we talked about Metal Gear, the new Metal Gear game, which you know is not great, but it has some interesting stuff in it. Um, but the thing I'm really proud of this week is we just put up an interview today that I did with Alicia Vikander, who uh, uh. is Lara Croft in the new Tomb Raider movie. Um, and it was she,
4: also a creepy robot in
0: X Machina, <laughs> yeah, which is was, one of my yeah, favorite sci-fi movies really of the good, last yeah, ten yeah.
1: years. Yeah. Uh, so go check that out. It's on IGN YouTube, everywhere
0: else. It's up right now? Yeah, it's up right now. I will put it nice. in the description of this video. Oh, snap. What a good pal. And Jared, what have you been working on?
2: Well, I, I upended my life, <laughs> quit my job, and decided to become a full time content creator. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, uh, as of about a week ago, I stepped out to make things I want to make. Uh, I'm working with Kind of Funny Games, hosting Kind of Funny Games Daily and Kind of Funny Games Cast with them. But uh, what I'm doing most of the time now is working on Hop, Blip, and a Jump, which is a Part diary, part documentary series about how everything we love in games is connected. Uh, You can find that at uh, hoplipjump.com. The first episode's up, right? Yeah, first episode's up, and I think it's pretty good. Oh, I love Um, it. I love it. I, I don't think in the world of games that there's been anything quite like this before and in in a good way I, i'm frankly proud of my work on this awesome uh yeah it's it, it's not like what you've seen before and i it's worth your time it's a bite-sized series of of short documentaries the first one's like eight and a half minutes long they all feed into the next the end of the last is the beginning of the new one the first episode was it's documentary as a service yeah <laughs> the first uh, <laughs> oh. yeah but we don't charge a per das. episode yes. uh. um, <laughs> Yeah. So my, my first episode uh, deals with uh, the time I spent in a mental hospital over last winter and how Mario, and it's actually very Nintendo centric on that particular episode, helped bring me out um, uh, of that time and, and get better. The show isn't centered on any one platform. As a matter of fact, our second episode is about how console wars turned out to be a good thing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in preparation right now. But uh, I know a lot of people out there uh, ask you for your support and your subs and click that like and click that bell and the rest. Uh, And you've got a lot of folks competing uh, for your time. Uh, If you want to support me on Patreon, I think this project's worth it and different. And this is now how I make my living. So uh, your help would be appreciated.
4: Terrifying and awesome, Mm -hmm. and I think it's awesome. It's just great that you mustered up the courage to do this.
2: And what's that Patreon URL? You can get there at hopblipjump.com or hopblipandajump.com or Patreon.com/slash Jared Petty so Beautiful. hoplipjump.com is easy to to remember I think and yeah and you can watch the video on YouTube and I'm still making pop pockets full of soup for those who ask that that series is an important part of my life and it's not going away so that was on that that was yeah you were on that you were people loved that episode oh, good, um, good you you've been on there Brian's been on several actually I just managed to lose one of Brian's episodes so that yeah, was fun that was uh, great. uh like yeah that was delightful uh, there was a hole in my microphone uh, cable that was great no uh, and. Philip, Philip, Flippy. It's okay, I forget. Sorry, I can't talk today. Philip, um, come on, sometime, please. Yeah, I would love awesome. to. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Also, we teased Philip about this a lot before, but that shirt is awesome. But as Brian pointed out, that is a magic eye shirt right That's there, awesome. my oh, yeah. friend. Yeah, it's great. Oh, Don't cross yeah. your wow, eyes. Look at my shirt. Yeah, <laughs> hey, look at it. When 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 we showed that earlier, Brian's like, "I'm really good at magic eye."
0: <laughs> that was the first thing he said to me when yeah. he saw that shirt. Yeah, the day we met actually. Uh, One thing, too, also before we close out, uh, we just hit 40,000 subscribers on YouTube. Oh, my God. Oh, cool. Yay, us. Congratulations, (laughs) us. That's awesome. 440 out for us. I know, right? (laughs) All right. Well, yeah. Thank you guys very much. And uh, stay tuned for something very special dropping on Saturday. Someone has a birthday that day. Who could it
4: be? Is it me? Is it Brian?
0: I don't know. (laughs) See you guys soon. Bye.